How does your personality type impact how you pursue or perceive your goals? We have an Enneagram coach here to tell us. podcast. I'm your host, Kenya Halliburton, and this is the show where we empower women like you to be, do, and have all the good that you desire and deserve. And today, I'm so excited to talk to you all because we are talking about goals and personality, which is one of my favorite topics. You know, self-awareness and knowing who you are is a really important key skill to have as you pursue your goals. And today, I have my special guest, Toya Poplar, who is so many things. Um, She's a wife, she's a mom, she's a connection coach, she's an inspirational speaker, she's a creative consultant, and she's recently added certified Enneagram coach to her list of amazing accomplishments. And I have a few nicknames for her myself. First of all, she's a really close sister, friend, soul sister, my heart. (laughs) And when she speaks and she writes, it's like ringing bells. And you'll see what I mean here in a second. So I call her word girl, right? And I have another nickname for her that you'll hear, you'll learn about as we talk to her. So without further ado, I'm going to bring on my girl, Toya Poplar. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, girl. Hey. (laughs) Welcome, Toya. I'm so glad to have you here. I'm so glad to be here. Y'all, she calls me word girl, but I'll call her technical girl. Because did y'all see that intro? Kenya is technical girl. (laughs) So let's get into it and give the people what they want, give the people what they need, because this is an amazing topic and really important. So let's just kick it off by you sharing with us a little bit about your journey to becoming an Enneagram coach. And we'll get into all the fun stuff about what that actually is in a second. So tell us about your journey. All right. My journey to becoming an Enneagram coach looked like me becoming a biblical life coach and having times where I was so excited about being able to help my client but I felt powerless in terms of being able to help myself. So I went on a self-awareness journey and discovered a tool called the Enneagram that really served as a way for me to go from my own limitations to experience and liberation. And I thought, why not use this as a tool to help my clients? That's so good because when we met, um, you were kind of using this, um, it felt like magic, but you know, you have a nat- you've always had this natural gift for, to me, honoring people's personalities and your friendships and your work. And we'll get into all of that, but I love that journey. So let's talk about why you started Enneagram coaching and how you feel like it's improved you as a mom, as a wife, and as a business owner, or even a friend. Well, Thank you for that question. That's such a good question, Kenya. Um, Prior to coaching, you know that I was unofficially coaching. Like every lunch date, every breakfast date, every coffee date, 
was coaching, but coaching within an organization gave me the healthy boundaries that I needed to have just the life and business that I absolutely love, right? So with this Enneagram certification, um, it just gave further merit to what I was already doing. I felt like I wrestled with imposter syndrome. And when I began to study the Enneagram, I was able to see how every type, every personality has these core emotional struggles that they wrestle with and that I was not alone, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, I just saw how self-awareness is a game changer. And if it could change the game and empower me to show up in the fullness of who I am, then how much more could it do that for others? And so as a mom, I would say it helped me to raise my acceptance of my children and lower my expectations of them. As a wife, it helped me to understand that my husband and I, um, I feel my way through life and he thinks his way through life. So it helped me to feel less and think more. And my prayer for him became, Lord, let him think less and feel more so that we can meet at some common ground. And as a friend, I would just say that it gave me tons of grace. Like it helped me to lower my expectations and raise my acceptance. But also as a mom, one of the primary things is I saw that I stopped using shame to control my kids or try to control my kids. And I started storing up grace to console my kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, y'all see what I mean with the whole word girl thing? You see how eloquently she just <laughs> you just shared that. It was so amazing. <laughs> no, but I think that's beautiful. And I think what you share presents a nice dichotomy because you know, when we are pursuing our goals and trying to be our best selves and working to become our best selves, a lot of times we kind of focus on that one side of, you know, getting to know ourselves and I know myself and I know me and getting to know me. But I think it's really nice when you have a tool like this, because not only does it help you understand more of who you are and accept those things that you thought were alien, um, it also gives you perspective about the people around you. And instead of kind of having that push pull energy, you can appreciate them for who they are. Yeah. And, you know, work work to be able to, you know, live and let live where that's uh, appropriate and, yeah. you know, open up healthy opportunities to converse and grow together in your friendships and your parenting and your um, marriage and romantic relationships. Like it's a really powerful connection tool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So. Let's talk about what the Enneagram is. What is Enneagram coaching? <clears throat> How does it work? Okay. So the word Enneagram, the word Ennea comes from the word, I mean, the, the word Ennea means um, nine. So in like geometry, if you have a figure with nine points, that's an Enneagram. So the word Ennea means nine. And the word grandma in the Greek means picture or drawing. And so when you see the Enneagram as a tool, 
it is going to look like a nine-pointed star. And what it does is it shows you that there are nine primary personality types. There are nine basic personality types. Now you add in the wings and you can get a lot more different personality comb combinations. But initially what you have is these nine types and one, um, type one being the perfectionist, type two being the helper, type three being the achiever, type four being the individualist, type five is the investigative thinker, type six is the loyalist, type seven, you might hear different names for type seven, but I like to call type seven the entertaining optimist, and type eight is the challenger, and then type nine is the peacemaker. So those are the nine primary types. So although it's possible to see yourself in every single type, there's one type that's your primary type. And I tell people to read through all the types and whichever one feels like somebody is reading your mail, whichever one feels you, leaves you feeling vulnerable or most exposed, that's the one that you should kind of try on for size and see if it fits you because that's highly likely your type. And so what happens is when we are integrating or in our growth path, we look a certain way. But when we're in our place of stress, we look a different way. And so it is this kind of non-judgmental GPS that really allows you when you feel yourself veering off course, there's like a, you know how you're, you're driving and you might have lane assist in your car. It's like a rumble strip that helps you get back on course. That's so, so good. That's so good. I mean, I love this so much because, you know, like I know that I, I'm a nine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you, so here's my nickname for Toya, uh, another one. Um, you are what I call a nine whisperer. And <laughs> um, because that's how we met, you know. So let me tell you all a really quick story. I met Toya through um, our co-creator uh, co of Gold Girl Unlimited, Beverly Jones Durr, um, coming to a women's um, Bible study and meetup that she held at her home. And I remember walking in and seeing all these amazing women and I saw the beautiful Toya and she was so fresh and bubbly and nice and sweet. And she had all of these girlfriends and I'm a nine, which means that, you know, I fade back in the cut. <laughs> I'm super introverted. I'm observing. I'm like, nobody's going to notice me here. And she walked up to me and she started speaking to me and she started asking me about my hair and, you know, all those things. And I just felt seen. And this is something that's been characteristic of our um, connection and our friendship over the years that I've just felt seen. And so for somebody that is a personality type, like a nine, who, you know, a lot of times we can kind of fly under the radar um, having someone like you see us is amazing. So anyway, you all can tell that I'm a personality geek, right? So, <laughs> so well, Matoya, for those of us, or for those people who are listening who are not personality geeks like me or even you, um, what is what exactly is the Enneagram? And how does it differ differ from other popular personality tests like the Myers-Briggs? Because I know my type on that as well. So mm -hmm. <laughs> give us the, the rundown on the difference. Okay. So as you well know, Kenya, how Myers-Briggs 
tells you how you think. The Enneagram tells you why you think. And so it's it's kind of like a what you do versus why you do what you do. And so the Enneagram can highlight when you are aligned, when you are misaligned, and when you're completely out of alignment. So if you are like an INFJ, you're always an INFJ. But as a nine on the Enneagram, you are in the gut triad. So your core emotional struggle is anger. But when you're in your growth path, you go to, or you you think like a three, which is the achiever. So your productivity increases, which is in the heart triad. But then when you're in your place of stress or disintegration, you go to a six, which is the loyalist, which is in a whole nother um, head triad. Does that make sense? And so it shows this fluidity of how if you have somebody in your life that you love, that you're like, okay, we vibe. And then they go to this other place and you're like, who is she? And what she has she done with my friend? That other part of her is just as much a part of her as her primary type. You always stay, you're always your nine self, but you look and think differently or you think differently based off of where you go, where you, where you are in your stress path or your growth path, but you always remain your primary type. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. And to me, what came into mind as you were explaining that is like how how sometimes you can be in connection with someone and then they kind of, you know, change or seem to shift. Um, and your first thought is, does this person have a mental illness? <laughs> you're like, you know, like... You're not thinking like, okay, they have these different personality types. So I think it's really helpful because it gives us a different, <laughs> gives us a different yes. perspective. <laughs> yes, it helps you know, like, you're not crazy for being sane. Yes. That's as much of who you are as all the other parts. So for me, I'm just thankful that it helps me to not, what we call, Beth and Jeff McCord call it a suicide. It helps us to not commit a suicide and assume that everybody else should see the world through the same lens that we see the world through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And I, I like how you talked about um, with the Myers-Briggs because I am INFJ mm-hmm. um, on on every personality test scale. I am whatever the lowest percentage of the population is <laughs> like that's me. But I noticed with the INFJ, I didn't always, I wasn't always an INFJ. INFJ. I think I was something else at some other point. And then then I started to identify as an INFJ. Um, And so I like the fact that the Enneagram gives you that flexibility to kind of capture how you are and how you deal with different emotional states. Yeah. because the Enneagram, sometimes you can look at other personality types depending on where you are in your journey in life. And you're like, wait, uh, I think I might be this. Or you know, it's a little bit, it can be a little bit confusing. So, Oh, with Myers-Briggs, how you, you, the evolution of who you are, you can retest at another time and you show up as a whole different personality type. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's, there's room for growth. Um, in the sense that when you initially, like if you were to take an Enneagram test, they tell you to try to answer the questions based off how you would have responded in your early 20s, because that's about the time that your personality starts shaping up. 
And sometimes people will answer based off of all the inner work that they've done at present. And then they'll be like, I don't understand this thing. I got three different numbers for my type. And it's really probably a matter of on yours, can you, you might show up as a six, you might show up as a three, you might show up as a nine, but your answers might be varied based on where you are when you take the test. I tested as a solid two for two years prior to me landing on four, which if you read four, you're like, this is Toya all day long. But I was in a place of stress and I was in a really hard season the first two times that I tested. So that's why I suggest that somebody reads through all the types before they settle on one, because you can see, especially as a nine, you sit at the top of that star and you can see into every type. So you can read everyone and be like, this is totally me. This is totally me. Oh my goodness, this feels like me. And that's your ability to kind of merge into every type. So it's so important if you don't make it to nine, you could stop at one or two or three and never make it around. So I say read through all of them and see which one leaves you feeling like, oh my goodness, how do they know this about me and they've never met me? That's so good. Yeah. So this leads us to kind of digging into personality and goals. So, mm -hmm. you know, when we are pursuing or setting goals, a lot of times, we can look around at other people and see how they're moving and how they're achieving things and get into that comparison game, which causes us to feel like, oh, you know, maybe I'm not moving fast enough or maybe there's something wrong with me and so on and so forth. And so kind of take us through understanding how our personality type can impact how we pursue our goals or how we perceive them. Okay. Um, I took notes on this because I was like, this is so good. And with nine types, it's hard to be comprehensive in so little time. So I'm going to read as much as I don't like reading to people. I just want to share this because I didn't want to miss anyone. So this is such a great question as it pertains to goals. I'm so glad that I'm on Go Girl Unlimited and we get to talk about this. Um, so each of us has the capacity to reflect on the past to be aware of the present and to consider the future. But as you can imagine, this can hinder each one of us in our goal setting process, right? So aggressive types, which are types three, seven, and eight. So you have your achiever, your entertaining optimist, and then your challenger. They are people who are future focused, right? So if they were setting a goal for maybe their business, it might be wise for them to like, be like, okay, I'm gonna save money for an upcoming business venture. So then you have dependent types, which is type one, two, and six. So you got your perfectionist, your helper, and then your loyalist. They are people who are present focused. So if they were setting like a top of the year goal, or even just a goal for right now, something like coming up with an organizational system, something that's gonna allow them to be able to experience increased efficiency right now. And then you have the withdrawing types, that's us, sis. Types four, five, and nine. So we are past focus. So something that might be a good goal for us would be to like watch a documentary about an amazing entrepreneur from the past. And that can motivate us in the present. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, you know, things like Think and Grow Rich, 
um, The Strangest Secret by Earl Nightingale. Like that's why all that stuff is our jam because it motivates us based off of our orientation to time. So on the contrary, each one of us also represses time. And y'all, I'm a newly certified coach. So I geek out over this so hard that it was like, I had to pull myself up and be like, child, she asked you one question. So don't go all over the place. But um, types three, seven, and eight. So again, that's your achiever, your entertaining optimist, and your, um, uh, your challenger. They repress the past. So it might be really important for them to slow down and reflect on their past so that they can learn from their past. It's easy for them to like, you know, be so future focused that they press past that past. Dependent types, types one, the perfectionist, the helper, and the loyalist, they repress the future. So it might be important for them to set a goal that helps them look beyond the present so that it can help them relieve some of the pressure that they feel to get stuff done right now. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And then withdrawing types, types four, the individualist, the investigative thinker, and the peacemaker, we repress the present. So we might need to do things that ground us like yoga and meditation and deep breathing, stuff that helps us to be present rather than always reflecting on what was or on what could be, right? That, I feel like I'm going to have to go back and like study that whole little section that you just laid out um, because um, I can't remember. I think it was um, the, sec the dependent types. Mm -hmm. I could definitely see some of my stuff and some of the things that you described in terms of like um, just what you laid out to see some of myself in that and I can see, you know, of course I can see it in, you know, the, the last type. So um wow, that's so good. Yeah. That's so good. It's such a powerful tool when you think about how we can go through life like I don't even know why I did that. And yet you can read one snippet of your makeup and you make your whole life make sense. Like, of course I did that. And to me, that helps me be shame resilient because I am in the heart triad. So my core emotional struggle is shame. And just having an awareness of why I do what I do helps me to not shame myself and helps me to be more shame resilient and want to wash away that shame when I hear somebody else wrestling. So let me just share that real quick in terms of our core emotional struggles. So the Enneagram is nine types, but it's it's broke up into these quadrants of three. And so the type nine and the type um, eight and the type one, their core emotional struggle is anger. And then you got that twos, threes, and fours. Our core emotional struggle is shame. And then you got the five, six, and sevens their core emotional struggle is anxiety. So that right there is a game changer too, because you could be like, why does someone so get so upset? That would just make me sad. And you can start to demonize their personality type. Like, why is she so angry all the time? But that's her core emotional struggle. And once you have an awareness of that, you're like, oh my goodness, if I'm going through something and I'm really in a hard place and now this type eight maybe shows up 
as a protector and a challenger and she's angry about something that made me sad, I feel loved as opposed to looking at her like, what's wrong with her? She should be sad right now, you know? That's so good. Oh my gosh, this is life changing. Speaking of that, speaking of observing others, mm -hmm. um, should we study the Enneagram types of others in our lives, like our family, our friends, co-workers? Should we take time to not only use it to study ourselves, but evaluate the personality of others? Absolutely. I think that any leader has to be emotionally intelligent. And being emotionally intelligent is the difference between you having a team that works cohesively, you being able to embrace things like diversity, you being able to meet someone where they are and help motivate them to get to where they want to be. Like, I just think it's a game changer. Um, we will be stuck in a cycle of really thinking that everybody should see everything through the same lens that we see it through. If we don't open ourselves to trying on someone else's pair of glasses so that we can have compassion and empathy for their plight. So I think it's, it's imperative. I think it's so important that we um, look at the types of others, but I will say this with a disclaimer, it is vitally important that we not use this tool as a shield to be like, well, child, I'm a four. I don't care nothing about all that stuff that them eights and them sevens and them. It's so important to not use it as a shield to hide behind or a sword that can cut other people up. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really important. Like as a Christian, I see so much spiritual bullying. And I think that if you have a tool like this that enhances your awareness, it should be used as a catalyst for you to have even more compassion, more grace, more understanding, to be able to lean in and listen to someone's perspective without being intimidated or threatened by it. Yeah, beautifully said, I love it. So in what way, because you've been doing this for a while, and like you said, you were kind of an unofficial coach before you were this Enneagram coach. Um, in what ways have you seen people's lives change as they apply their awareness and understanding their personality? Ooh, that's a good question. Okay, the biggest way that I've seen people's lives change is, so I'll, I'll give your viewers and listeners a glimpse of my journey. So I started off as a biblical life coach and was trained in the language of empathy. Love it. Empathy is my jam, right? And what I would find is that um, I could be present with people in people's pain. I could help hold their heavy. But sometimes when they be scratching their heads over, why do I keep doing this? Why am I doing what I'm doing? I feel just as powerless to help them. It'd be like, I can help you empty your emotional cup, but I can't help fill in those blanks as to why you remain in the cycle of feeling stuck. And that, I mean, I had some of the same like heart issues and struggles that they did. Um, I just knew how to bring comfort in their discomfort. So what the Enneagram has done, coupled with the gospel, is to just raise awareness, which removes aloneness, but also it, like I said before, like when you realize like, oh, I'm not crazy for being sane, like this is a part of who I am. Um, it helped me to help my clients go from 
a life of limitation to experiencing true liberation. And what I love is that they do the heavy lifting. Once a person has a tool that makes them aware, they can start to navigate getting back on course. It's not my job. I just get to come alongside them and coach them in their journey, but they are having all the aha moments. They are the ones who are feeling the rumble strip. They're the one who, who are realizing that was the blind spot. And so that's, that's I think, the biggest um, change that I've seen in people's lives is that they get to realize when they are um, completely aligned and like living according to their divine design. They get to observe when they are using their personality type to try to meet their needs. So they're out of alignment. And then they get to observe when they're completely just like off course. And Kenya, the way I describe it is if you wake up in the morning and you're like doing your affirmations, I am God's beloved, you know, um, I'm accepted in the book, like you're feeling good. And then maybe you start to scroll and you see cute content that somebody has curated and you're like, I can take pretty pictures. I can write some cool, some cool captions, right? And so then by the end of the day, you're like, nobody likes my posts. Nobody cares. Everybody abandoned me. Maybe God abandoned me too. And so we go through these ebbs and flows. But once we have this awareness, we're like, oh my goodness, I'm just out of alignment. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's such a difference to just be able to give yourself grace. Like, girl, just go somewhere and get quiet. You'll be fine. Yeah. For me, that's taking a nap. It's like, okay, you like a little toddler that's just like <laughs> throwing the whole tip, crying, just all over the place, doing crazy stuff. It's like, you know what, girl, just go take a nap and wake up and it'll be okay. <laughs> yes, yes. And so, y'all, that's what's so awesome. Like, her awareness that she needs to shut it down and go take a nap. Somebody else would be like, I need to go take a run so I can get out of my head and back into my body. Somebody else might be like, I need to just work on a project so that I can process some of this stuff that I've been suppressing. So it's just so neat to be like, man, I don't have to shame myself. I don't have to berate myself. I don't have to belittle myself because this is as much a part of me as all the sparkly, shiny parts of me. That's really, really good. Just accepting yourself, all the wonderfulness and all the flaws, like yeah. and knowing what those are, it's really amazing. So what is something that people would be surprised to know or learn about their personality types like once they actually learn it what is what is something that maybe has happened when maybe you've worked with people and they're like wow that's amazing you know i find that some people have been exposed to the enneagram like through their place of employment and they'll take a test like in a staff meeting and whoever's conducting it might be like okay that's your type and yet the thing that's most surprising is that people don't consider where you are. Like if you're at work and you're stressed and you're around coworkers, you may not answer those questions the way that you would if you were quiet and still and at home. And so what I find a lot of times for black indigenous people of color is that they'll get mistyped and they will be like, maybe they're a two who is a helper who when they are in their place of disintegration goes to an eight, which is a challenger, they might be mistyped as an eight, but really they're a two that is hyperextended and stressed out. 
And so I think that's a surprising thing. Sometimes people give up on the Enneagram really quick because they're like, I just don't know what I am. And it's usually because they have the influence of an outside voice saying, oh yeah, this is totally you. But that's that person's perception of them. Only they can search their heart and their mind for themselves. So that's one thing that I think is surprising. Another thing, Kenya, is that your wing, whoever's right next door to you on the Enneagram, can shape your personality type. So you can meet another nine. You might be a nine wing eight, which has that splash of challenger in there. They might be a nine wing one, which is that perfectionistic side. And so you might be like, I can't be a nine because I ain't nothing like her. Well, that perfectionism really shapes who they are. And then that challenger really shapes who you are. So even though you share that same primary type, you can look totally different based off of what your wing is. So oh, that's so helpful. Yeah, that's so helpful. I don't know. I think I know that I've met nines and I'm like, wow, we're, we're different. <laughs> we're, we're similar, but we're different. And so yeah. that, makes, that makes sense. All right, so this is my most favorite part of the interview because we get to do and talk about what I call habit hacks. Okay. So, um, so share with us uh, a method or a tool or a hack that we can use to hack our personality and you know be better at goal pursuit or goal attraction, I should say. Okay, a habit hack. Mm. I think the habit hack that I prepared was for empathy. Is that okay? Yes, let's do empathy. You know, I okay. love empathy. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. So um, I was trained in the language of empathy and I came up with a course called Notice and Nurture. And it's designed for you to notice people and to nurture people. And Kenya was one of my Notice and Nurture participants. And we happened to have a group that consisted of nines, which can you imagine being in this setting with all peacemakers and all of them like, oh no, you go first. No, you go first. I wanna hear what you have to say. They were so considerate of each other. It was so sweet, but it was also so powerful to see that they had those, man, I'm not alone. Like you see me. And so this habit hack is for you to increase your empathy when it comes to engaging with other personality types. Um, so I want you to ask yourself two questions. And those two questions are, what do they feel? And what do I feel for them as they feel that way? So can we demonstrate? Yes. Okay. So Kenya, how was your morning today? My morning started off kind of sullen. Like I felt a little um a little sad this mm -hmm. morning and so mm -hmm. it was it was okay but i was kind of like I, I felt more reflective i don't know if it was sad but i was kind of reflective and my energy was a little low and mm -hmm. you know i was a little a little a little sullen mm -hmm. can i ask what had your energy kind of low um so we're on gold girl right and so different areas of my life I, you know, I'm fine, like money, business, family, things like that. The area that I, I struggle is in relationships, like love type relationships. And I think what had me sullen was I was just reflecting on a conversation that I had with um, someone. And it just, I think it had me just reflecting about how I engage 
with the opposite sex <laughs> um and just you know just reflecting on how i how i show up and because the conversation just had me feeling the, some kind of way mm -hmm. um and so i was just kind of reflect being reflective about you know do i you know want to um you know is this a time for me to be open for dating should i just kind of fall back you know that kind of thing so i was just mm -hmm. kind of in a little in a little space like that Kenya, I can imagine with you being such a connector of women and women who may be flourishing in their relationships, women who um, have healed and recovered from past hurtful relationships and are, you know, living out, maybe they're happily ever after. I can only imagine how tough that can be sometimes to be such a connector of people and then have this longing for connection and compatibility and companionship. So I can imagine that could be a source of you feeling sullen, maybe feeling like hope deferred in that area and just feeling like, man, do I even want to expend energy again in this direction? because I live in energy conservation mode. Do I even have time to explore these different paths? So I can imagine that being tough and frustrating at times and maybe even isolating. And when I think about you feeling that way, it just, it just makes me sad because you're my Kenya. And I just want you to experience all this goodness because you, are a supplier of so much goodness. Okay, I didn't mean to cross over into pep talking, but it's hard to resist. Um, but what I what, when I think about you feeling that way, it just makes me want to see you experience that that satisfaction and contentment in a relationship. But even if it's just in the meantime, until that person comes, that that meantime won't be a meantime. Thank you. You're welcome. So, so that, that was me asking myself, what does Kenya feel? And what do I feel for her as she feels that way? But I didn't give you all the disclaimer. No pep talking, no preaching, no advice, no facts, no reasons, no logic. I'm just to sit with her and notice her and nurture her, but to not try to fix her because the last thing you want if somebody's wrestling with heavy emotion is for you to try to jump in and fix. So thank you. Yes, thank you. I that is such a wonderful habit hack and a nice compliment to what we've been talking about around personality and goals. Um, because it, it takes understanding how to have empathy um, in our lives and in our relationships, um, how to give it to ourselves how to give it to others um, and, you know, because, you know, this journey and goal pursuit or goal attraction is, um, you know, it's a roller coaster. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes you're like masterly manifesting things and all these wonderful things are happening as a result of the energy that you, the work that you've done. And then there are other times where you're in the process of, you know, you're, you're planting the seeds and you're watering it and nothing is sprouting yet and you're dealing with, you know, going out and checking to see if there's anything poking through the, 
the soil and it's not and you're like oh i need to eat some fruit and it's not growing yet and i'm hungry <laughs> me and my metaphors so you know i think i've taken your your notice and nurture and you know i felt that you felt me and i felt that you saw me and you know, I, I, I will give myself some flowers because I didn't cry. I managed not to cry, but there was some tears like welling up in the back of my eyeballs. <laughs> um, you know, because we all need that. So thank you so much for sharing that hack with us. And you all that are listening, try that out in your life. Um, or better yet, visit toyapopular.com and learn how you can have Toya help you facilitate that process. Um, so as we um, close, I have another question for you um, that relates to the topic of personality tests and things like that. So mm -hmm. are there any um, myths or trends that relate to taking personality assessments that you would like to debunk? I don't know if you maybe have mentioned that already, but are there any things that you would like to address when it comes to taking personality tests? Yes, Kenya, that's a good question. Um, I would like to say that typology or the study of personality type is not the devil. I think that it is a disservice for people to walk through life. Like, I, I think, and I'll speak as a Christian, like, it it is so disheartening to see people stay in a state of like cognitive dissonance, like inattentional blindness, like afraid of anything that's gonna awaken them to what God has placed within them, um, suppressing what they're feeling, like even just the concept of notice and nurture. Like mind you, I said no preaching, no pep talking, right? Well, what we do is we will try to slap scripture on top of something. And it's vitally important for us to find our feelings, for us to feel our feelings, for us to share our feelings so that we can get care for our feelings. So I would say the same thing concerning um, typology. If I wanna know where I am in sync with God, self and others, if I wanna know where I'm out of alignment or if I'm completely living like an orphan, like that's something that so enhances my relational intimacy with God, with myself and with other people. So if the if the gospel encourages people to love their neighbor as their self, you got to know yourself. And so that would be the thing that I'd like to debunk is that it doesn't have to be some demonic, terrifying, scary thing, but it can be something that is the one thing that makes all the other things make sense. So, thank you for that. That's really amazing. So, listen, this has been a masterclass in empathy and in understanding how our personality can help us push our goals. And a key tenet to being a goal girl unlimited is really about, you know, enrolling in U University. And I truly believe that the work that you're doing with Enneagram um, and, and personality mapping and coaching is a great benefit to us as Gold Girls 
to us as goal-inspired women who are looking to be doing have all the good that we desire and deserve. And so I just want to thank you for um, for showing up today and sharing your brilliance and being a geek for personality tests. <laughs> A fellow geek. Okay. I'm so thankful, Kenya. Thank you. I I just want to tell you, ladies, like, if y'all need a listening ear, an open heart, some gospel-centered wisdom, I got you. Like, this stuff doesn't have to be hard, but it's hard when you go it alone. The first thing God said is not good is for man to be alone. So, sis, don't be alone in this. You don't have to be alone. I love it. So as we close, are there any um, special invitations or offers or things that you want to share with our listeners and how they can find you, how they can learn more? Um, they can find more at toyapoplar.com. I am currently working on guide sheets and really good stuff. So I'll be adding some things to my website. So just check in and subscribe to my mailing list so that we can connect and I have a self-care community on Facebook called the, it's a long title, y'all, so bear with me. But it is the uh, Wifey Presents Black Pearls Facebook community. And although you hear the title Wifey in there, it is not solely for wives. It is for women who are striving to live their best lives. And it's so much fun. It's a whole vibe. I would love to have y'all join us in our wifey community. It's a self-care community where we learn how to take care of the caretaker. It's, and it really is. I can attest. It's a really amazing group. And I'm not, I, I used to be a wifey, but I'm not a wifey anymore <laughs> yet. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and also I wanted to ask you, how can we um, learn more about getting testing and coaching on the Enneagram. Yes, yeah, so you can find that at, you can go directly to my scheduling app, which is toyapoplar.as.me, or you can find it all through toyapoplar.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Toya. Thank you for having me, sis. Look, I got on my Shepreneur shirt. Yes, cross-branding. So that's my other brand. <laughs> Representing. Yeah. Dual branding. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Toya. I appreciate you so much. And for you ladies, you know, listen to this, get your pen and papers out and really seek out Toya because she is amazing. I can attest, I've known her for years and I've watched her, watched her walk through this journey and she's helped me so much as you can see, she's helped me even today in real time. So um, learn who you are, attend your university and listen, remember, to work hard, to be, do, and have all the good that you desire and deserve because you deserve it. So, bye, girl, bye. Until next time.